Hello, I'm Dr. Jonathan Barker, pastor here at Amazing Grace Baptist Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I would like to personally thank you for taking out time today to tune in to our preaching podcast. We hope that this message will be a great encouragement to your heart today. Son, you'll know that in studying Luke chapter number 15, uh, there is the lost sheep, the lost silver, uh, and then the lost son. I find it interesting, and I'll just say this in passing, uh, but I find it interesting to note the difference in that. The lost sheep, there was a hundred. There were the 99 and the one. The lost silver uh, um, was smaller, and then whenever you get to the lost son, he's dealing with just one here uh, on this lost son. And you that knows your Bible knows that prior Probably the other son was a greater prodigal than this son was, and I may preach that next Sunday morning, but for the sake of time, let's just get into this. Verse number 11 of Luke chapter number 15 says this, And he said, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me, and he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with righteous living. And when he had spent all, note that the Bible didn't say, and if he had spent all, the Bible said, when he spent all. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in war. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he, uh, and he would have fain have filled his belly with a husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he had came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to, to and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was a great way off, his father, uh, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto the father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry here's what I want to preach on tonight with the help of the Lord for just a little while what caused the prodigal to leave home what caused the prodigal to leave home father you know the very need of this service today and I pray God that your will and way would be done I pray God that you'd give us strength God to preach tonight help us to preach with a divine thus saith the 
Lord tonight, God. I pray, Lord, that it wouldn't just be words uttered out of my mouth, but God, I pray that they'd be anointed by you, God. I pray, Lord, that you would help those that's sitting here tonight if there's any lost. God, I pray that you'd save them any out of your will. I pray, oh God, that you'd bring them back close to you again tonight, and God will give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. You can be seated tonight. Again, I want to talk to you a little while on this thought. What caused the prodigal to leave home? What caused the prodigal to leave home? I was studying and reading on this the past few days. As a matter of fact, yesterday and Friday, we was at Middle Tennessee Baptist Church. Yesterday, Brother Hopkins preached on the prodigal, and he made a couple statements while he was preaching that really triggered my mind. And I don't know much what he said after that. That sounds awful, but you preachers know what I'm talking about. Brother Heath, I just got focused in on what the Lord was giving me, and I wrote some things down. Then I studied coming up the road. Brother Josh drove, done a great job, man. He's one of the best drivers I've ever rode with in my life. If he was here this morning, you understand the comedy behind that. But um, Brother Josh drove, and I prayed a lot and studied a little. We'll leave it like that. But Josh drove and I prayed and uh, man, I began to study and boy, thank God for technology today. Technology can be bad, but at the same time, technology can be great, amen? And uh, I was studying, coming up the road, reading after a bunch of different authors on this uh, and one said this, this young man uh, went from living high on the hog to living with the hogs. He went from living high on the hog to living with the you said, preacher, what do you mean by that? He went from having anything he wanted uh, to having absolutely nothing at all. What caused the prodigal son uh, to leave home? I began to think about this, and I believe that you could outline this about the prodigal son this way. There's the demand of the son in verse 11 and 12. The departure of the son in verse 13. The degradation of the son in verse 13 and 30. The destitution of the son in verses 14 through 17. Think about the destitution of the son. He was empty. He spent all and began to be in war. He was endangered because the Bible said there arose a mighty famine in that land. There arose a mighty famine in that land. He was endangered. He was excluded because the Bible said this, no man gave unto him. Can I say something to you this morning or this evening? In that he was endangered the destitution of his son. He did not have to be where he was at. He did not have to go where he went. He had everything that he needed. It's just rain falling outside. It ain't going to hurt you in the dry. Don't worry about it. He had everything that he needed right there at the father's house. He didn't need to go nowhere. He didn't need to go seek pleasure anywhere else, Brother Ramsey. Everything that he needed was right there at the father's house. Know what the Bible said. It said there arose a mighty famine in that land. In other words, where he was at was a mighty famine. But you know what was happening at the father's house? It was business as normal at the father's house. Everything the father needed, it was taken care of. All the hired hands of the father was eating just fine. All the other siblings of this brother was doing just fine at the father's house. It 
if you hadn't got it yet, what I'm saying is this. Uh, up down at the Father's house, uh, everything's all right. But out there in the world, I promise you, uh, you'll find a famine uh, at some point in time. I thought about this. The prodigal son learned about some things. Uh, can I say this to you by way of introduction? Uh, he learned about the reality uh, of sin's pleasure. He learned about the reality uh, of sin's pleasure. Look with me in verse 13. The Bible said in verse 13, And not many days after the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. He learned about the reality of sin's pleasure. Think about this with me. He takes his father's grace and he squanders he squanders it by living in a wicked, self-indulgent life. The words righteous living refers uh, to a life totally giving over uh, to sinfulness uh, and wickedness. In other words, uh, when this boy had left home, uh, he also left behind uh, all the morals that he had been taught, all the standards that he had been taught, all the scriptures uh, that he had been taught, all the separation uh, that he had been taught. And he learned about the reality, uh, watch this, of sin's pleasure. And you say, well, preacher, I, I just don't understand why you would talk about sin's pleasure. Well, because it's reality tonight. The Bible said this in Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 25, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin. But let's read the rest of the verse for a season. There is going to be pleasure in sin, but I promise you this, it will only be for a season. He learned about the reality of sin's pleasure. Can I say this? When he left the home, he learned about the reality of sin's price. He learned about the reality of sin's price. What did the Bible say in verse 14? And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want. Eventually his money ran out, and along with the money, he also lost the friends who had helped him spend it all. The far country, a land of wine, women, and song, had become a land of weeping, worry, and sorrow. He found out too late that sin carries a high price tag with it. I hope if you're a young person you're listening to me preach tonight. It carries a high price. Not only young people, we all need to hear this. Carries a very high price with it. The reality of sin's price, sin brings separation. This boy finds himself broke alone and miles away from the father who had done nothing but loved him and been good to him. Sin brings separation. Sin brings sorrow. Think about this. The Bible said he began to be in war. Life had turned upside down for this boy. When the music stopped, the friends left and the money was all gone. The young man found out that he had some needs that he could not meet. His sin had robbed him of everything valuable, leaving him hopeless, helpless, and in the midst of a far country. It reminds me of what Lester Roloff said, sin will take you further than you want to go. It will cost you more than you want to pay, and it will keep you longer than you want to stay. It reminds me of what the Bible said in Galatians chapter number 6, verse number 7, be not not deceived, God is not not. Uh, for whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. 
You see the reality of sin's pleasure, the reality of sin's price. I note this real quick by way of introduction, and I'm going to give you the message. He learned about the reality of sin's pain. The reality of sin's pain. Because of his foolish decisions, this boy found himself in a mess. He learned some valuable lessons about sin's pain. Sin brings shame. Here's a Jewish boy who finds himself feeding the pigs. For a Jewish man to stoop to this level would mean that he had reached the very bottom of the barrel in his life. He must have been filled with shame. Those who heard Jesus say this must have even been shocked beyond belief that a Jew would have anything to do with a hog pen. Those who allow sin to have its way in their lives also come to shame sooner or later. The shame of a wasted life. The shame of a wasted youth. The shame of a wasted opportunities. But worst of all, there's the shame of a wasted eternity. It is a disgrace to sacrifice your finances, your fitness, and your family on the altar of sin and self-indulgement. What a shame to live that way and what a shame to die. That way. You see the reality of its pain. He learned something that sin brings shame, but that sin brings suffering. Here he is with no home. Here he is with no help. And here he is what it seemed as no hope at all because no man cared for him. Can I say this sin brings sadness also? No one cares whether he lives or dies. He is alone and lonely. He is hungry and broken. Nothing is any sadder than a life broken by sin. Nothing hurts as bad as seeing a life that was once filled with a potential dashed to pieces by the cruel rocks of sin and a wicked life. It doesn't have to happen that way. And like I said earlier, hey, the prodigal did not have to go down that road. It does not have to happen this way. But I want you to hear me tonight if you do decide to go to the fire country, if you do decide to walk away from the things of God and the people of God, I promise you there will be a price that goes along with it. Here's what I want to preach on for just a minute. What caused this boy to do this? What caused him to do it? For the next few minutes, I want to borrow your mind and I want us to take a different turn in the prodigal. And let's let the Father's house be the church tonight. Let's let the Father's house be a picture of the church tonight. And let's let the prodigal be a picture of those who choose to walk away from the church. What, what caused it to happen? I believe that we can see in looking at this tonight... I believe that we can see a picture of what happens so many times when people decide to walk away from the house of God. Number one, I believe what caused it, Brother Brian, was this. He lost his appreciation. He lost his appreciation. Have you ever thought about this? Evidently, evidently, this boy had a really good daddy. You ever thought about that? Evidently, he had a really good daddy. You say, well, why would you say that, preacher? Well, think about what he's just done. Think about what he's just asked of his father. Evidently, his father was wealthy. Evidently, his father was very smart. 
Why? Because his father had invested for his sons to be able to have an inheritance. The truth of the matter is this today. Most people think nothing about their children having an inheritance. They're just living their life for right now. But Brother Heath, evidently this father was a very good dad. Evidently this father was somebody that loved his family and somebody that prepared for his family. No doubt about it, this father was a man that prayed for his family. He prayed for his family. He said, Preacher, why do you say that? Because where do we see him at? Every day after the sun leaves, we see him waiting on the sun to come back home. I'll say this in passing. I may say more about it by the end of the message and I may not. But one thing that you will find, the father never left the house and went looking for him. The father never left the house. I tell you what, we've got backwards a lot of times on door-to-door visitation. We spend the majority of our time chasing after prodigals that's walked away from the church when there's a lot of lost souls that needs to be reached with the gospel of Christ. Brother Ramsey, he never went after the son, but when the son came to himself, the father was waiting on him. He lost his appreciation. The prodigal was in want for absolutely nothing, evidently. He was in want for nothing. Everything he needed was at his disposal. But evidently, he lost his appreciation. You know what happens so many times? We lose our appreciation for the house of God. We lose our appreciation for the house of God. You say, preacher, what are you saying? Well, let me just, I wrote some things down. And let me, uh, let me just throw it out there for you real quick tonight. And you do an inventory of your mind uh, and see if you've lost your appreciation. Kids, uh, how long has it been since you told your parents, uh, uh, thank you for the clothes on your back? Boy, it got real quiet and the rain even stopped then. <laughs> How long has it been since you told your parents thank you for the meal that you eat today? Somebody help the preacher. How long has it been? I thought about this, kids, how long has it been since you told your parents thank you? Uh, Let me ask you this. How long has it been since you went up to Brother Matt and said, hey, I just want to thank you for all the hard work you put in on leading the choir at our church. I know I led it tonight and I don't like to. That's so they could work on the music, work on the sound. But man, Brother Matt, he pours his heart into that. He lines up the special singing. How many enjoyed the singing today? How many enjoyed the special singing today. How long has it been since you said, Brother Matt, I just want to thank you for that. How long has it been since you told your kid's Sunday school teacher, thank you for all the hard work you put in your Sunday school class and teaching my kids so I can go up to my class. How long has it been since you told your Sunday school teacher, thank you for teaching me. How long has it been since you told Miss Tanya, thank you for playing the piano. Brother Tim, thank you for playing the bass. Brother Ted and Miss Olivia, thank you for playing the guitar. Miss Stephanie, thank you for paying the bills uh, so we can have lights in the church. Miss Leslie, thank you for making announcement slides, putting services on podcasts, making social media posts. uh, And probably by the end uh, of this week, our church app will be up uh, and we'll have a state-of-the-art church app. You say, well, preacher, I'm not ungrateful. How long has it been since you said thank you for something? What happens so many times when people walks away from the church, listen to me, listen to me, they become selfish 
and worry about their needs and not being appreciative for what's here. Now, I want to say something to you tonight, and I'm going to move on. I, I've spent more time in my introduction than I'm going to in the message. I want to say something tonight. This preacher is sitting here tonight, and I appreciate them being with us. Brother Heath's here tonight. Brother Ramsey's here tonight. And I'm going to tell you, I want you to hear what I'm fixing to say. What we have at Amazing Grace is not everywhere. Man, we had a great time the past two days in meeting at, at, at Brother Tony's there in Middle Tennessee. It was good to see some good preacher friends and fellowship with them. But I'm going to tell you something. There's no place like Amazing Grace Baptist Church. I'm telling you, there's no place like it. Man, the choir gets up and sings full of the Holy Ghost. Hey, you, I can't tell you the last time our choir missed it singing. You said, preacher, what do you mean by that? I can't tell you the last time, Brother Ted, that they got up and sung, and it was an absolute flop, and God wouldn't on them. You know what happens? We become accustomed to the way things is. And when you become accustomed to something, you begin to look around and think there's something so much better somewhere else. But hear me and hear me well. We better be thankful for what we have right here. I'm going to say this, and, and then I'm going to move and I'm going to say it because I'm preaching tonight and well just because I'm preaching tonight and the Lord said say it how long has it been since you walked up to the pastor and said hey I sure do love you and I appreciate all the time you put into our church I appreciate the messages I appreciate your hard work I appreciate your heart for the ministry how long has it been I'm just I, I'm not being ugly tonight I just want us to think about this what caused the prodigal to go somewhere else he lost his appreciation he lost his appreciation. Boy, I was thinking today. I was I was sitting there during Sunday school in my office looking over some notes. And and I walked out there and I told Brother Charles, he said, he said, now preacher, he said, now preacher, I'm just going to tell you, we're going to run out of parking spots again today. And I said, well, Brother Charles, you're going to have to put them somewhere. He said, well, we're going to have to figure out something. And I said, all right, let's take a walk. We walked up at the back. Man, I, I'm, if you don't know this by now, Brother Charles has got a Ph.D. in parking. He's got this thing figured out. And I said, Brother Charles, I said, where, where do you want it at? Where's the best place to put it? I, I don't see parking like, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't know, God's just give him a talent for it. I don't see parking like he sees it. I said, where you wanted that? And he said, we can go right in here and we can do this, this, and this. We'll put this right here. He said, preacher, if we clear this out, and he walked down through there like that with a mat, and I was like, I'm playing cowboys and Indians. I go, I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> he said, preacher, we can put 50 cars right through here. He said, if we'll clear this area out. And he said, whenever we do, he said, the best thing to do is take, uh, get them to come back with some more new asphalt. And he said, let's pave that going down into the bottom part. And he said, that way, if we need to put overflow down there and it's not wet, we can actually park them down there. They've got asphalt to drive out on. He said, that'd be the best thing to do. You know what? I come walking back. I said to him, I ain't a bit worried about parking. Let me tell you the reason why. But Charles has already got it figured out. I walked down the halls and I opened the door and stuck my head in the Sunday school classes. You know what? I thought, well, thank God. Thank God I don't have 60 kids sitting in my office this morning and I'm trying to give them something out of the Word of God. I'm not as patient as I once was. Somebody say amen right there, don't you, Miss Leslie? I'm not as patient as I once was. But I thought, thank God for these Sunday school teachers. I studied in there in my office today. This afternoon and my Sundays, I go home, I eat a bite, I come right back to the church and I sit down in the office and I study in there and I kept hearing something and I thought, man, one of them demons just trying to get me. 
I'm telling you, one of the sketchiest places to be by yourself is in a church. We're talking about putting that other door in to kind of close the offices off. And that's just so I can know nobody's going to come in there and get me, okay? I'm trying to make it sound like something else. I kept hearing something. I thought, what in the world is that? And I got up. Madeline come walking down the hall, and she said, well, that church over there is locked up like Fort Knox. I can't even get in it. And I said, well, right here's the keys, honey. She said, well, i got to go practice a piano. I said, well, here's the key. Go practice. And I kept hearing something. And I'm telling you, I thought, what? somebody's in here. They're trying their best to get one over on me. And I stuck my head back down the halls looking. I seen one of the lights on in the Sunday school class. I walked down there, and Miss Nicole has been in her Sunday school class all afternoon working in her Sunday school class. You know what I thought? Boy, thank God for some Sunday school teachers. Others of y'all do that. There's not a week that goes by that somebody don't come up here during the week and work on an Awana class or a, a Sunday school class or do this or do that or practice. So what I'm saying is this. We need to stay appreciative for what we've got. Number one, he lost his appreciation. When he lost his appreciation, watch this, number two, I believe he had a change in attitude. He had a change in attitude. Yeah, when you don't appreciate something, your attitude will change towards that. When you don't, it's getting quiet, man. If y'all will holler at me, we'll get done here, man. Go on, eat eggs and tater tots, praise God. He had a change in his attitude. You know, Brother Heath, and, and, and you're learning, and Brother Ramsey, I believe that you'll echo this, and, and, and Brother Blue, I don't know if you've pastored previously before. If you have, I believe you'll echo this. A lot of times when people begin to get disgruntled, you can look back and you can see a decline in appreciation for what's going on at the church. You can see a decline in appreciation. You know what? I can, I can talk to my girls and it don't take long before I realize whether or not they're appreciative of what's going on. You can tell the reason why? Their attitude will change. I wrote this down. Your attitude will determine your altitude. Your attitude will determine your altitude. You say, preacher, what do you mean by that? Hear me and hear me well. You can't be wrong with men and right with God. Can I say that? You can't be wrong with men and right with God. His attitude changed. If your attitudes begin to change towards the church, you might want to do a real quick check of yourself and see just, how appreciative you are for the church. Number one, I thought about this. There was a change in his appreciation. He lost that. That led to a change in his attitude. After his appreciation was lost and his, his attitude changed, watch this, it resulted in a change in the address. It resulted in a change in the address. What did the Bible say? The Bible said this. That he got what he could get and he made a trip to the far country. In other words, he made a move. And you know what happens when you move? You have to change your address and you have to send it to all the bill collectors and you have to, if you've got a concealed carry permit, you've got to go get it changed on your concealed carry permit and you've got to go to the driver's license office and you've got to get it changed there and you've got to get it changed here and you got to, you know what it is? It's a bunch of work. 
And a lot of times, all that word could have been prevented if we'd have just been appreciative. Just been. A, I understand there's times that God leads us to different churches. I'm not saying that God don't ever lead us to another church. I say this, if it's a solid, fundamental, independent, premillennial, white horse riding Baptist church, they, they're, they're serving God, they're trying their best to do something for God, I, unless you're moving far off, so I just don't know that God's going to lead you much away from that. He lost his appreciation. His attitude changed. And then all of a sudden he had a change in address. He had a change in the address. Because here's what happened. He began to get disgruntled with where he had it made at. Where he was getting fed at. Now, I, I want to say something to you tonight. And, 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 and man, this is hard to say, Brother Ramsey. This is so hard to say. You other preachers will understand what I'm saying, right? It's so hard to say. But I try my best to give you something to eat every time you come to church. I try my best to preach the Word of God to you. I try my best to give you something. from the. In other words, I try to set the table. You know what we do in the music here? Brother Matt tries his best to set the table. He puts the appetizer out there, and then hey, the special saying comes in. Man, I'm telling you, God's blessed us. He had everything that he needed, but because he lost his appreciation for what he had, his attitude changed, and then his address changed. Watch this. I'm, I, I, I'm trying to land here. I, got, I could preach this for two hours tonight. Note what happened, though, after his address changed. We could rewind to the introduction, preach the whole introduction again. That's what happened when his address changed. He lost it all. He lost everything. He lost everything. Let me make a practical application. Some people walk away from the church and it seems that their life continues business as normal. But spiritually, they've lost every little bit of joy that they've ever had. They've lost it all. Oh, they may act like everything's okay. They may, oh yeah, man, praise God, it's a kuna matata. Everything's wonderful. It's no worries, man. I'm telling you, we're living our greatest life now. But I'm going to, I want you to hear me. I want you to hear me well. When you walk away from the house of God the wrong way, there will come a time, there will come a time that spiritually you will suffer from that. His address changed. When his address changed, boy, there's a lot of things changed in his life. Let me show you this, number four. Look at his acknowledgement, though. Verse number 17. When he came to himself. When he came to himself. Are you getting that? When he came, You ever talk to somebody till you're blue in the face? And you thought, why in the world will they not go to church? Right here. They've not come to themselves. They've not... They've not come to themselves. This you could have said anything that you wanted to say to this prodigal. Anything, but he wasn't going to change, Brother Ramsey, till he came to himself. The Bible said this, watch his acknowledgement. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger? Time out just a minute. Just a few verses back there, what did it say? 
when there became a famine in that land. That land had a famine. But you know what he done? He lifted up his eyes and realized everything was still all right down there at the Father's house. I don't mean this ugly. I don't mean this mean. I don't mean this derogatory. I'm preaching tonight. Take it any way you want to take it. There's a lot of people that's walked out of this church and said, you know what I'll do? I'll just go sit to the side and watch that thing fold up. It's not going to do anything. But hear me and hear me well. He said, upon this rock will I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. And while they're living in a spiritual famine, down here at the house of God, there's bread enough to spare and everything's going just fine. His acknowledgement, he came to himself and he realized, man, you know what? Back there at the Father's house, that's where everything was at. That's where I was happy. That's where I was getting fed. That's where all of my needs was being met. Amen. Look at verse number 21. The Bible said this is acknowledgement. Look at verse number 21. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. And in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. His acknowledgement. You know, a lot of people, and I promise you I'm trying to wind down right here, but you know, when a lot of people, um, um, a lot of people get caught. Did you hear what I just said? When a lot of people get caught, then all of a sudden they become repentant. And they say things like this. Well, I'm worried about my testimony. I'm worried about it hurting my testimony. I'm worried about it hurting my character. You know what? The prodigal son says nothing about his testimony or his character. Here's what he says. I've sinned against heaven. True repentance is this. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against God. This was true repentance. His acknowledgement was this. I've made a mistake. I've messed up. I've walked away from the Father's house. I'm the one that's in a mess. I've sinned against God and against heaven. His acknowledgement, I could preach two hours there. Note his action. Verse number 20 says this. You see, in, in verse number 18, he says, I will arise and go to my Father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. But note this in verse number 19. And I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. Note verse number 20. And he arose and came to his father. His action was this. He done what he said he was going to do. He put action to his acknowledgement. It's one thing, hear me tonight, it's one thing to say, I've sinned against God in heaven. It's another thing to go down to the Father and say, hey, look, I've messed up. I've made a mess of my life, and I just want to make things right. His action followed his acknowledgement. Many will say, well, I'll do this and I'll do that. But the problem is this, Brother Heath, they never really knew that, but the prodigal truly got right with God because his actions followed his acknowledgement. I'm done. Look in verse 22. But the father said, come start playing, Miss Tanya. <laughs> it's not what the father said. The father said <laughs> to his servant, bring forth the best robe and put it on him. 
put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Bring hither the fatted calf and kill it. Let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. In closing tonight, I see the Father's acceptance. I see the Father's acceptance. You know what? The Father never pushed him away. The Father never said, you know what? You've hurt the family name. No. But when the prodigal started walking back home, it's the only time in the Bible that you'll find a picture of Jesus or of God or of the Father running. It's the only time in the Bible I can find a picture of him running. But when the Father... He had to be looking for him because the Bible said when he was a great ways off, he saw him. He already done it. He ran to him and he fell on him and he kissed him. He said, no, you're not going to be one of my servants. You're my son. He never... Watch this. He never lost sonship. He missed out on some things. He was chastised. I, I'm not going to argue this fact with you. I personally believe in all of my heart that he is a picture of a saved man. He was chastised. He was already at the Father's house. He was already a son. Are you with me? He went to the far country and God whooped him. Those whom I loveth, I correcteth. And you know what happened? He come running back to the Father. And the Father never said, you was never my son. He said, this my son was dead and is alive. He said, in other words, what he is saying is you've always been my son. And he accepted him right back. Put a ring on his finger, shoes on his feet, Servants didn't wear shoes inside the house. Shoes on his feet, a robe on him. That ring, I'll give you this in closing. I might give you more than this, but I'll give you this for sure and then we'll go home, I think. That ring was just like his credit card, Brother Randy. You study that out, that ring is what he used to make purchases with. It's what he used. You know what the Father was saying? Here's what the Father was saying. Everything I've got is yours now. Everything I've got is yours now. Anything you need, old boy, I'll take care of it. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches. We ought to be lapping the building tonight. Why? Because the Father accepted him back. How's your appreciation tonight? How's your attitude tonight? If it's not right, let me tell you what's going to happen before long. You're going to have a change in address. You have a change in address. You have to acknowledge that's where a lot of people miss it. They never will acknowledge that they was wrong about something. They never will acknowledge it. He acknowledged it. He put into action what he said he was going to do. And he come running back to the Father. And the Father was standing there with open arms to welcome him back. He was standing there with open arms to welcome him back.